Hi, Governor Jesse Ventura. Of course, another episode here on Substack of Die First, Then Quit. And we're joined today by Jenna Brehu. And she is the executive director of Redemption Row, California. Now, that title in and of itself is interesting when you just break it apart and look at it. And what Jen does is work the way I understand it, and she can correct me. Uh, she's more like she's not an attorney, but an advocate who works for people who are behind bars to provide them with the services that they're not able to get because they're locked up. Is that a pretty good layman's way to put it, Jen? Go ahead. Well, I um, I actually am self-employed and I ran, I run my own nonprofit organization. Okay. Which is what Redemption Row is. So you're actually adversarial to some aspects of the state of California and their position. It's, you know, um, advocating for prisoners and uh, people who are system impacted is antithetical to the business model. Sure. Right? So um, that's, that's, you know, there's always a lot of resistance with that. Now, California has a lot of interesting inmates, to Indeed. say the least. You know, it's a big, yes. big, powerful state that down through history has put a lot of famous people behind bars. Yes. And you're involved with one of the most interesting people in United States history, and that is Sirhan Sirhan the alleged killer of uh, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, who was, of course, running for president at the time and was at the, um, I believe it was the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. And he was shot in the cafeteria or in the, uh, where the cooks pantry. and all that stuff, yes. the pantry, whatever, going through that area when they were getting him through there. And, you know, of course, he was the second Kennedy killed. You know, now I'll tell you my background. I I would consider myself an expert on the murder of his brother because I've read every book I could get my hands on when I was wrestling and flying, spending hours on airplanes. I used to read every book on the on the John F. Kennedy murder I could find. And that, of course, led me later on to the Robert F. Kennedy murder. And I, I won't say I'm an expert on it, but I will say I've read a couple of number of books. And so I do understand enough about the intrigue. I know about the woman in the, the spotted dress who, who left out the back and witnesses heard her exclaim, we got him and all of that. You know, so I am up on the Kennedy and I will say this to you. I do not for one minute believe that Lee Harvey Oswald killed John F. Kennedy. We agree. I do not. I'm not buying it. Uh, in the studies that I've done, uh, there's no way that I believe that he was part of any type of conspiracy. He was a, what he said he was, a patsy. Mm -hmm. Now, moving forward, clearly... There's an element in America somewhere in the underneath bowels of it that does not want Kennedys running our country. I'm a believer in that, too. Yes. Because Bobby got then killed 
uh, Teddy got essentially assassinated at Chappaquiddick. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't physically kill him, but they destroyed any chance he would have had of ever becoming president. And then, of course, we had the tragic death of John Jr. in the airplane crash. Well, that depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> well, uh, again, whatever. But but <laughs> all all of these Kennedys died under mysterious and strange conditions to say the least. They're not dying in bed, let's put it that way. So that opens my eyes to the situation that you're involved in. You're with Sirhan Sirhan, fighting to get him paroled, I assume. Uh, let me ask this, how old is he now? Sirhan just turned uh, 78 in March. So he turned 78. Yes. Obviously, he is not any threat to anybody. Absolutely. Not. I can make that assumption knowing no more than his age. He's 78 years old yes. and not too many 78 year olds are going to run amok in society and, and harm anybody or be even probably capable of it. And then there's all the circumstances of his conviction to begin with. Yes. Now, I think he was involved. I'm not going to say I don't believe he wasn't involved. I think that Lee Harvey Oswald had less involvement than Sirhan did because Sirhan was shooting a gun and that alone involves him. Uh, but I understand there were too many shots fired, 13, and his weapon only carried eight. And I understand clearly during the autopsy that it was determined the fatal shot came from about inch and a half to two inches behind the senator's head. And Sirhan was never, ever behind him at any point in time. So I guess what we have here, for lack of better terminology, Jen, let me throw it at you. We have our own magic bullet here. Another one. Another Imagine one. That. Imagine Dealing that. with a Kennedy. Imagine that. Why is there all these magic bullets that occur when a Kennedy dies? Well, I think the short answer is there was an established playbook and they knew it would work again. When and you say they. They. Let's yeah, just define they. Uh, let, yeah, let's speculate a little, Jen. Sure. What, what's your definition of they? When I use the word they, I am always referring to the state and the alphabet agencies that... Uh, so they can be a myriad of people. In the Kennedy case um, with Oswald and Sirhan, they would be the CIA uh, and the Los okay. Angeles Police Department. Okay. Okay. They would be the intimate ones involved in probably the carrying out of the process. Well, there's, there's, but, there's a, but to me, it would have to stem higher than of that. Of course. The, the state. Absolutely. I mean, you have your rank and now, file. Okay, and then are you, you familiar with L. Fletcher Prouty? I'm not. You, oh, you got some Tell reading me. to do. I, well, did you, see, did you see the movie JFK? I did. Okay. Do you remember the Donald Sutherland character? I do. That is Colonel L. Fletcher okay. Prouty in okay. real life. Okay. And L. Fletcher Prouty wrote a book called The Secret Team. Okay. You need to read it. I will. Put and, that on my and, list. and what it's about, he, he was the direct liaison between the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Pentagon and the intelligence agencies. So Prouty knew everything. And 
He writes on the secret team about they are the faction of government that truly run our government and the elected officials are always playing catch up to whatever they're already doing. Mm -hmm. And they can't expose them because then the elected official looks stupid. And so they just have to jump on board. I guess the simplest thing to put it in context would be what they did to JFK at the Bay of Pigs. Eisenhower, Dulles, and all them had already planned it out during the Eisenhower administration, and then they had to sell Kennedy on it when he came in, and it was already so far along that Kennedy saw no hope that he had to go along with the Bay of Pigs invasion, but he wouldn't do what they needed to have happen, and that, of course, was commit U.S. troops, and And that's that's why it failed. At that point in time, you insert Bob Mayhew, and Howard Hughes into that conversation as well. Oh, yeah. The, and, and those footsteps track across a lot of events, and oh, they yeah. lead right into the Ambassador Hotel. Really? Absolutely. So, so uh, again, going back to Sirhan, uh, how, how much credence, since we both understand it pretty well, and I think most everybody listening to us will understand that, you know, Sir Ann was grappled to the ground and had fired off the shots. But again, there were 13 rounds fired and his weapon only held eight. Uh, how, how much credence do you put in the fact that could he have been a Manchurian candidate who was under hypnosis? Because I always found the murder of John Lennon when mm-hmm. Mark David Chapman killed John Lennon. His behavior at the end of that speaks to me of Manchurian candidate all the way because he could have escaped on the streets of Manhattan. He could have ran down in the subway, could have run right across the street to Central Park. And instead he walks back in the shadows and is reading the catcher in the rye when they come up to apprehend him. That's bizarre. And so to me, that speaks of someone who's not in full brain power capacity when the event is going on. Do you feel Sir Han was under some type of influence like that when the event occurred? I, from what I know, and this event took place um, several years prior to my own birth. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, from what I've read, talking, I'm very, very close with his brother, Munir, and he and I, you know, speak frequently during the week. We've had, you know, four or five hour conversations, speaking with his lawyers um, and researchers alike, and then speaking to the man himself, and also speaking with people who live with him and observe his daily behavior and who have befriended him and got close to him and um, really are able to assess just who this individual is. And I can say in my own, you know, unprofessional opinion as a rehabilitative, his rehabilitative sponsor is I do believe that there was some sort of mind manipulation in this event with Sir Hume. This is speaking to and, and reading everything from his family and especially talking to his brother. You know, Sir Hume is not a violent person, nor was he a political person at that time? In fact, just like Oswald, like you stated in your book, Oswald was fond of Kennedy. Well, guess what? Sirhan was fond of Bobby as well. 
And so absolutely. And he made public comments about that to his um, peers and um, people he was going to Pasadena Community College with. Let's take Let's take a flyer here and and speculate. Um, Okay. How and why do you think Sirhan was picked out? Oh, my goodness. I have my own theories, um, and I will, I guess, just give them to you. I think just like Oswald, um, and, and I do a lot of comparative analysis because I think it's, it's relevant in the two, in the two men. There's, there's extreme parallelisms between Sirhan and Oswald in being that, first off, they were both physically small men. Yet the Kennedys are very large, larger than life um, identities. So what picking a small person to do an assassination over a larger than life um, uh, identity was very emasculated. That was for a reason. Okay. Um, You also have, these were two people who were mostly sort of on the fringe. They really weren't, you know, the the big man on campus kind of a person. Um, They were... Um, they have their own kind of background issues, you know, Oswald, um, you know, had, a, well, I guess. Well, I, I believe Oswald was a government agent. He was, he was actively working, uh, sure. uh, but he was a very low chosen. level. Yeah. But yeah. He was, yeah, he was he a was very low chosen. level. He, right. he was v- extremely expendable. So Sirhan and Sirhan as well. Sirhan was an immigrant. Um, Sirhan was a very um, kind and vulnerable um, individual, you know, how does he was working at the racetrack as a stable boy. And now all of a sudden he gets, you know, chosen um, to go, you know, uh, be a hot trotter at a private ranch. Well, let's get into who runs at that time, who's involved with racehorses um, a lot, right? You've got a lot of mafia connections involved in racehorsing. And so now we have Sirhan working at a private ranch. We have Sirhan getting injured at this ranch. We have him disappearing for, you know, weeks off time, um, going into the hospital with a head injury and a light concussion uh, and being discharged, you know, four or five hours later. And, but yet he doesn't show up back to work or um, at home for weeks and weeks and weeks when he finally does return home. His brother says, wow, this is not my brother. This person is very agitated so, and angry. So you, you think that it was at that point in time that uh, somehow the, the mind people got a hold of Sirhan and, and, and changed who he was? I do. He recalls um, under uh, Sirhan was um, several times has been rehypnotized by, um, you know, people way smarter than I. And they um, have said that, um, and it was uh, Dr. Uh, Dan Brown spent a lot of time with Sir Han at Corcoran Prison and when he was there. And, uh, you know, Sir Han uh, stated under hypnosis that he, during that time of his being missing, uh, he remembers being in some sort of clinical environment with a bunch of people he recognized from the ranch that all had some sort of bandages around their head. And every day, multiple times during the day, they would have to do um, a urinalysis. Well, what are you doing a urinalysis for, for, for a head wound? That doesn't make any sense unless you're wanting to see if something is in your system. 
Um, there's also very something very interesting, and I had to listen to it over and over and over again, and I actually had to bring it up to a few very prominent Sirhan researchers. Back when Sirhan was rehypnotized um, during, um, I believe it was right after his trial or right before his trial, right around that time, um, he um, he was under hypnosis and the for a better, lack of a better word, the jackass that uh, was hypnotizing him at the time, Dr. Bryant, he was very much leading Sirhan, you know, into these conversations rather than letting them be, you know, Sirhan tell a story under hypnosis. So he says to Sirhan, he says, all right, Sirhan, you're in the kitchen, you know, tell me what you do. You come off the tray stack and, and what do you do, Sirhan? You know, what do you do with your gun? What do you do with your gun? But before Sirhan starts to go in, very quietly, you can hear him. It's audible on that tape. You can hear him say, what are you doing? And under hypnosis, he actually recalls somebody. He remembers somebody that is familiar in that kitchen. And when I heard that, I had to play it over and over and over again. And it is plain as day. He says, what are you doing here? So that tells me there was somebody in there, whether it be a handler, whether it be somebody that he knew from the ranch, they were in that kitchen that day with him and he recognized that person and i mean that just gave me chills whether you believe you know that and, and, and there's a lot of skepticism i am the world's biggest skeptic i mean let me just <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you like if there is a sign on the wall that says wet paint i will not believe it i will have to go up and tap it myself just to make sure so when i was brought into this situation and to be his rehabilitative uh, sponsor um, I went into it thinking, okay, it's the tinfoil hat crew, you know, and just, you know, I'm just, I have a job to do and I'm going to do that. And what eventually happened upon my own research to get to know this man in this case, so I could speak intelligently to him and about this when asked, I really uncovered, I mean, just the science and the data and the testimonies and the medical examinations behind it. And I started to say, think, you know what? This conspiracy is the truth, and the truth has been made to be the conspiracy. I mean, it's completely reversed, and the American people, right, and it have, have literally bought into this, this conspiracy theory and, and the propaganda, and they, they, for the majority of Americans, will not let this go. They refuse to have this traumatic event change because when you do and you look at the evidence that changes the way you look at your government and then if you don't question it and act on it you become complicit in it because you have the knowledge now so this is the biggest problem that we have with the bobby kennedy assassination and you know this also from doing the research on john if you subscribe to say this is this is an act of state, then you 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 are compelled to talk about it and do something about it. And people don't want to do that because they have this rose-colored glasses of the country that they belong to and that they advocate for. And it, in, in reality, it is completely the opposite. Now, Sirhan was granted parole, correct? Yes, correct. And Governor Gavin Newsom then vetoed it and wouldn't allow him to be paroled because he stated that it was 
that the uh, crime was political, allegedly. Let's and, get into this. Yes. Yeah, and, and well, that it was political, and yet it was. He, Sirhan was not charged with the crime that right. Newsom wouldn't allow him to be paroled from, right. and the crimes he was charged with, he should have received parole, shouldn't he? Right. So. And so, so they've brought. They've technically now convicted him of a crime that he has never been convicted of when it comes time to parole him. Right. They've, the, the, the state of California and each governor that has sat in that executive seat has ultimately made Sirhan the largest political prisoner in America. That's, I mean, there's no, there's no argument about that. So, you know, even, even if, so we look at, look at the sentence, right? So Sirhan was convicted of a one murder and five attempts. Okay. I have guys that I provide rehabilitation to gang members who have killed multiple people on the street and killed multiple people while they've been in prison and they've been paroled. Really? Of course. Of course. How do they get paroled? They're not a political prisoner. They don't even meet the metric uh, no, no, no. I'm not even talking about a political prisoner here. Come on. Right. I'm in the real life world. Yeah. What the hell are we doing sending, sending multiple murderers back out on the street? Well, that's is. insanity in and of itself. See, it I is. have a belief that when you get sentenced to life, it should be life. You can call me hardcore, but I don't believe in the death penalty. Because I'm a great believer that if you make one mistake with the death penalty, that's one mistake too many that could make up for, I don't care how many legitimate people are put to death. So I oppose the death penalty. But when somebody gets sentenced to life, Jesse Ventura gets a little hardcore and says life should be life. Now, in Sirhan's case, I see a difference because... In his case, there is so much controversy as to he didn't kill anybody. He might have committed attempted murder. You might convict him on attempted murder because sure. he did p attempt that. Sure. Whether he was under mind control or not, he physically was in the room and attempted to commit the cr a crime. But whether he actually committed the murder of Senator Kennedy is certainly, in my opinion, up for grabs. And he shouldn't be held without parole because, in my opinion, his trial and everything I've read about it was, was as bad as, well, in the case of JFK, they didn't have a trial. They just had the Warren Commission, you know, in which, you know, lawyers weren't even allowed to defend Oswald you know, to the Warren Commission. And basically, I think Sirhan was railroaded the same way. They needed a fall guy. They needed a, they needed someone to fit into the lone nut. Yep. Because in the United States, we only have lone nuts. I had to laugh. You remember that latest assassination that took place down in Jamaica or wherever it was down in the... And mm -hmm. they they contacted the United States to send our people down there to investigate... I started laughing and I said, well, we're no good at that because we've never had an assassination that's nothing more than a lone nut. I said, what good would we be at an investigation of more than one? We've it's never had one, you know, <laughs> ever. No, and so I, I'm with you all the way. Sirhan should be paroled now. And in fact, he deserves a new trial. 
Absolutely. In so, my opinion. So uh, something I wanted to bring up for your listeners is um, because I don't think a lot of people understand the politics of parole. And in California, it's really interesting. And this, uh, this is absolutely um, why Sirhan is still a year later after he's been granted parole, still sitting in his cell. So California, <clears throat> let's use it as the progressive bastion of the union, is one of only four states in America that gives executive authority to the governor, okay, to reverse parole decisions in murder cases. Now, let's talk about who the parole board is. The parole board are not elected. They are appointed by the governor. They have to go through a Senate confirmation in the state house. The parole board is made up of people who have made a career in rehabilitation, corrections, law enforcement. They all have something in common. These are former wardens, former um, district attorneys, former chief of police. They all have some sort of rich law enforcement corrections background. We have psychologists on there, whatnot. And so it, these, these people- It's their careers. It, it was their, their careers. Absolutely. And so they go through a, a huge um, process. They are Senate confirmed. This is the governor's own selected panel. And they follow a rubric that is set forth and voted on by legislators, by policymakers in the Capitol. They create this rubric. This, this is what somebody needs to do in order to meet suitability for parole. The parole board is our last social safety net between corrections and society. Okay, that's it. And so what you have is highly intelligent people who have been doing this all their lives, really, and in, in, in no pun intended, but an arsenal of questions and a battery of tests that the individual before them has to um, be proficient in. They have to have a, um, you know, a psychological score that is, you know, in a spectrum. They have to be able to and, more, more importantly, demonstrate. In other words, Jen, it's not willy nilly. It's, it's not, a hell of a process. You cannot, you cannot con the parole board. You know why? Because they've seen it all yep. their lives, right? Yep. And so. What happens is when you have an individual who's been convicted of murder and they in California and they are found suitable for parole, like Sirhan, that suitability now goes through a process. It has to go through the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation's legal team to make sure that the decision is legally sound. And then from there, they send it to Sacramento, to the governor's office. And then from there, it goes through a whole other process of lawyers. And then they do a bunch of research and they write up a bunch of uh, documents and then they put it on the governor's desk. We're yep. just going to call it Gavin at this point. And so Gavin now has this document. It's sitting on his desk and he looks everything over and he says, you know what? Although I hand chose this entire panel and they are experts in their field, I believe I know more than they do. So I'm going to go ahead and say, no, not this time. Jen, you know what it reminds me of? Something that's just happened recently nationally, where you got Donald Trump attacking the FBI and the head of the FBI is the guy he appointed. <laughs> I 
know, that was one I was, Jen, I was scratching yeah. my head on. Yeah. Going, well, you're mad at the FBI, and yet you appointed the guy who's running right. it. You know, right. so right. so in other words, it's just the governor, his right. own personal opinion that he ain't going to let Sirhan out no matter what. That's what it right. comes down to, because politically he would take a bunch of slack for it or steam for it because the newspapers and the media would fry him over the coals for it because, of course, they've been promoting that Sirhan killed Robert F. Kennedy for decades upon decades, much the same as they've done with Lee Harvey Oswald. Do you know what I came out and said that should happen now? You'll love this, Jen. Do you know how they cleared the names of those two gentlemen that allegedly killed Malcolm X? Yes. I've come out publicly and said, now, why aren't they doing the same thing for Lee Harvey Oswald? Why aren't they coming out with the real facts and clearing Oswald's name? And the same thing holds true for Saran. Jen, I'm with you all the way. I think he should be paroled. He's 78 years old. And if he did get paroled, let me finish with this. Here will be my last question. How does the Kennedy family feel about it? Um, it's it's not, not, I wouldn't say it's split. Um, there's uh, two or three Kennedy children who have actually looked at the evidence and believe that Sirhan could not and did not shoot and kill their father. And the rest fall into the category of, you know, if I look at the evidence, then I'm forced to change my opinion. And I built my identity on this um, yeah. you know, traumatic event. Sure. Something something, though, that is is very important that I do want to add. And I and I and this this came to me when after I was reading or when I was reading your book, uh, Bill Pepper um, did the Martin Luther King trial right. um, and, and 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 really kind of put that on. And Coretta King got on the stand. And she said, you know, for years, I believed that that James Earl Ray killed my husband, the father of my children and this, you know, promising figure. And I I really believe this until I was presented with the evidence. And then I had to change my mind because there was an innocent man that was accused of this and I couldn't live with myself. And I want to say Look at the King family. I would hope that the Kennedy family would look at that, look at at, at Coretta's testimony and the way she changed when the evidence was presented to her. That is what will help get Sirhan out of prison is when the family decides to change their mind and their well, stance by looking at the evidence. Okay, the evidence could do say that he didn't kill him, but he still fired shots. And, sure, but, but at know, that point in time, if you they have five attempts, that sentence caps out at 25 years. He's done 54. This has been very interesting. I want to thank you for coming on. This is the kind of stuff that I get intrigued over. I love it. You continue success. Do a great job. Keep up the good work because we need people like you out there. We need advocates and people that 
will latch on to something, for lack of a better term, like a bulldog, and they don't let it go. And uh, Jen, you're one of those people, and you have a passion, and I'll always respect people who have a great passion like that. And uh, good luck to Sirhan Sirhan. Uh, like I said, if he's 78 years old now, and with all the evidence out there, I think that paroling him is not going to cause any type of major problems in the United States of America today. And uh, because there's so, how could you question whether he even did it or not anyway? In fact, that's what, maybe you should put that up. Offer parole for a new trial. Well, we, we need, we need the public's help. We need your help. Okay. And we need to, we need to get that done. If anybody wants to uh, see all of the documentation and more information on Sirhan's parole, they can, Find it on uh, my website, which is redemptionrowcalifornia.com. Um, I have a whole tab up there about Sirhand and original documents. And if you want to throw us a couple of bucks and donate to keep us going, I would really appreciate it. Jen, thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, too, Jesse. Bye-bye.